everyone and welcome back to the Biff Rugby League podcast. Uh, first off, apologies to those who watch on YouTube today. Uh, for some reason, Discord didn't want to sort out our videos, so we can't all see each other. So we're just going to record the podcast over the uh, over our logo so you guys can still listen on while you're doing other stuff if you watch on YouTube. For those of you that listen on Spotify, that announcement doesn't affect you, but thank you very much for listening anyway. Um, another apology from Toby, who can't be with us tonight. Um, we're recording late on a Wednesday, and he was busy both Tuesday and Wednesday this week, so unfortunately he couldn't make it. Which is a shame, Robin, really, isn't it? Because we, there's a lot of there's a lot of North Wales Crusaders chat to have this week. Is, we've got a hot topic for our resident expert, and the weekly dog decided he's not going to show up. Oh, you, you say you'll get you'll get a touchline ban and a, a twenty thousand. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Um, but no, how have you? Before we get into uh, Anthony Murray and a lot of the other stuff we want to talk about, how have you been the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I've been good. I think um, like the the Super League season is sort of like ramping up towards that sort of finals talk. So that's been um, that's been interesting, and um, you know the weather's turned pretty good up here. So I'm in, I'm in good mood. How about you? Yeah, it's good. I think it's nearly. I think it's still thirty degrees. It's twenty-two degrees here, and it's half past ten at night on a Wednesday. Like, I'm not looking forward to the weekend. It will be ridiculously hot when I've got loads of rugby on. But I'll be okay. Um, we better as well jump straight into it and get this out of the way. Anthony Murray is stepping down as head coach of the North Wales Crusaders at the end of the season. Um, he has a long association with the club and joined the Crusaders in two thousand and fourteen and stepped in midway through that season as the head coach. Um, he led North Wales to an iPro Sport Cup, which I think was the old North uh, Northern Rail Cup uh, in Blackpool in the first season and was promoted, I think, in 2014 for that season as well. So the guy's, the guy's been up there and... Uh, he, no, he went to cruise, uh, all golds at the end of 2016 and then returned in 2018. And they just seem to have improved year on year under him. I wonder. It doesn't really explain why he's why he's stepping away in his statement. Um, yeah, that is really my question. Like, what what's caused it? But we don't know. Nothing's come out. Yeah, it just says here he comes with a heavy heart. That I've decided to step down at the end of the season. Myself, Alan, who I guess is his assistant. Um, I don't know who his assistant is, and the rest of the coaching staff would like to thank all the board members and support sponsors for their support during their journey. Our 18th man, our fantastic fans have supported our journey since day one and without the Crusaders family behind the coaching staff and players, we wouldn't have had the success we've had over the last two seasons and before that. I've been very fortunate to have a fantastic coaching team around me uh, to work and create the right environment for our players and improve and succeed. But last but not least, thanks to our wonderful playing group. We have a special bunch of lads at Crusaders and we've loved coaching them, picking up some amazing victories and creating everlasting memories along the way. Please get behind the lads in the final three games as we aim to cement a good league finish with a final push in the playoffs and wherever that may lead us. Everett North Hearts would like to thank Anthony Murray and his coaching staff for all they've achieved during his time as the club head coach. There's a couple of interim jobs going in the championship. We know that Mark Dunning is at Bradford and he's still the interim coach from what I believe. Do you think this is lined up? Do you think this is him stepping down for a bigger coaching role? I mean, he's, he's, he's been pretty successful, haven't he? What he's done with the, with the club, so... Um... Yeah, I, 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 when, I, when I first saw the headline, I was expecting it to follow up with because he's going and doing something bigger. Yeah, it won't, apologies, it won't be Bradford. Mark Dunning had signed a, a deal back in January, uh, July, sorry, until November 2023. 
in that case then I don't know where else he would go I don't know unless unless Newcastle have said they're getting rid of bets or some championship clubs are getting rid of their players it, it must be a job there must be a job lined up for him somewhere mustn't there maybe the Wales head coach job if John Keir's stepping down maybe but it's, it's, I don't know because you would say you wouldn't expect him to be moving around like that just after the World Cup I don't know I think that He'd be sort of doing himself out of a job with the next potential fixtures at Wales a long way away, so that doesn't make sense to me either. But, uh, it's it's um, a weird one. I mean, there may be a, in a few weeks' time we may get an answer to this, and obviously, unfortunately, we can't speak to our, our resident. We'll get the local gossip. Hopefully, um, we can get some local gossip in the next pod, and, we can, and maybe we can sort of put, draw a line under that and sort of know where we're going. In, in terms of League One, it wasn't something necessarily I wanted to talk about today, but they, they sit second, 14 wins, 3 losses, obviously behind an unbeaten Keith Lee, one of the form teams. Two teams go up from League One. They've got to be the favourite to go up ahead of Swinton, Doncaster and Rochdale, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Keith Lee we know will go up because they are the best team in that league, but North Wales in the Championship next season, that's huge for them. Yeah, it will be, it'll be a, a challenge for them. Um, He's kind of you know, a coaching change straight after a promotion is not not the best idea, is it? Like you kind of you kind of want some stability so you can carry that forwards momentum with you and, and hopefully like catch a few of those lower um, table teams off guard. So yeah, I, I think I think they really, they've got what it takes to um, get that second promotion spot. Um, just as we were talking, then I've just I've just had a horrible thought. What if his um, what if his next job's going to be in uh, in rugby union? We don't know, do we? In, in Wales. Yeah, with with the, with the scene of the, how Welsh rugby union is coming along, and they're trying to obviously it seems it sounds like a really bad way to sit, but the, what I've seen is that the union teams are really pushing, especially in the women's game. The union teams are really pushing to stop the women's rugby league team. If they're centrally contact rugby union players, they can't play rugby league over in Wales. Uh, it looks like that's happening over in Ireland as well. They're offering big deals to a lot of their sevens girls and a lot of their union girls, which might stop them from playing rugby league in the summer. Um, it's a massive, it's a massive blow for Crusaders. So fingers crossed, they have someone lined up to take the reins and lead them to success in the championship. Should they go up this year? Surely. They should. Yeah, it's kind of if they. If they they would have um, dropped the ball really. like this is a real good opportunity for them they missing out if they didn't take it yeah 100% and like we said hopefully we'll get a, a, a view on Toby's point of view from this uh, in the next couple of weeks or if we can we'll get a statement out from Toby and uh, and we'll follow that story because it is going to be interesting to see where he goes will Anthony Murray stay in rugby league will he be going to rugby union like like we said, it's going to be very, very interesting. But we'll, we'll take a massive jump now to Super League. We're not going to mention much of the Championship this afternoon or this evening, um, just because we're going to mention that in a couple of weeks when that season sort of comes to an end. But the playoff race for Super League is absolutely massive. It's top six, isn't it? Or top five. And from Hull KR up, not Warrington, because we know they're in a relegation fight, but Hull KR on 20 points. LFC on 20 points, Salford on 20 points, and you've got Leeds on 21, and Cass on 22. The top four is set. Saints, Wigan, Huddersfield, Catalan. The, obviously, Wigan, Huddersfield, Catalan might move around a bit with five games still to go, but from fifth down to ninth, there's a big gap. Like, Cass are even... The way Cass are playing at the minute, they could drop off. 
whole KR with the players that they haven't got available could be struggling. Where who do you see missing out in that in that group? Which which player or which, realistically which which one team do you think makes it ahead of the others? Yeah, I mean, um, Cass have been like quite a up and down team this year. They've, they've like pulled out some really good performances and then not followed up the next week. So that's a that's a, um, they've got every chance to get that fifth spot. Um, Leeds seem to be turning things around a little bit. Um, yeah, they, they, their squad, like right at the start of this year, we, we expected Leeds to be to be up there. So maybe maybe over the next couple of games, things will even themselves out a little bit and um, they'll climb up. So if they'll be all over the place. To be honest, OFC, I don't think they've got it in them. Um, I think the last couple of weeks they've had some quite key games. Um, like the game against Castleford was quite a high emotion game because you know they had the whole FC, um, a lot of players left Castle FC and vice versa. So Definitely. that was one that I, I imagine would the fact that they lost that like, tells me that they you know I think that would have frustrated them. I think they would have put a lot of effort into winning that. That tells me that you know they can't. They maybe don't have. I don't have it in them to close out games that they need to win, which, you know, when it comes to the finals, is exactly what we need to be able to do. So I kind of don't really see her as too much of a threat. And I, I think Hull KR um, just don't, they just don't quite have the, um, they're, they're a bit of a lucky side. They create their own luck, but I don't think it's enough to, to carry them, considering they've got to overtake everybody that we've mentioned in that list. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll happen. I think realistically, it's between and Leeds but you know Salford is still a bit of a dark horse and I think that they could su- surprise a few people yeah, it's, it's, it's top six and, and Leeds and Hull KR face off this weekend and if Hull KR beat Leeds they'll go above them so they'll jump up at least one spot we know that because they'll, they'll beat Leeds um, it's just it's, it's very very tight um, so we need to look at it and go okay two teams are going to get there three teams are going to miss out I think Cass being in pole position have really got to make sure that they don't drop points now. Yeah, and they are actually, they have the, um, well, they've got a minus points differential when we're talking about these margins. It makes a difference. Like, who they are, they're on uh, like over, over 100 in the minus. 106 for Hulk they are compared to minus 189 for Hull FC. So, realistically, you're looking at it and going, okay, them two teams are probably not going to make it. Yeah. And Cass with the minus 15 points difference. You say they can't afford to drop points. They've got Catalan at home this weekend. If, if they yeah. lose and whole KR win, they're at their level on points. Yes, they're still above whole KR, but that's t- that, like they're on level points then. So that that yeah. in that sense doesn't really come from it. Uh, Salford play Huddersfield. They need to make sure that they pick up a good win this weekend, and then it's Wakefield. Like Wakefield, we think they've got Wigan, and we'll drop down a little bit. Warrington to lose and then Wakefield Wigan. I mean. Toulouse could do a number over Warrington this week. Wakefield lose to Wigan, and and once again Wakefield at the bottom of the table. Mm. Are we are we are we looking at the league fixtures though that Toulouse have got left, having to play? I think Warrington, and then after that, pretty much everyone in the top five, or I think four of the top six. They're they're in a, such a tough spot because we don't want them to go down, do we? No, we don't. We've been trying. We've been fingers crossed for pretty much every round this year that they'll get a result. And the, the strange thing is, as they've come really close several times now, 
and I kind of feel like we're at that tipping point where it's too it's too late. I think when you look at the fixes they've got left, I mean, I'm saying that the teams that were really surprised they sat at the top of the table, yeah. so they could do it again. But I kind of feel like when you get into this end of the year, those top top four sides are going to be really building some form now. And they, do you know what I mean? They're not going to get caught off guard because they're going to their eyes around the finals and building a good um, bit of like, uh, well, momentum. Yeah, 100%. So, I don't think it's enough, but I think that, I think that Toulouse, they've had some chances in the year and they got off to, they, they had some chances really early on. And I remember saying at the time, this, yeah, you know, this could come back to bite them. We didn't see this one out. Yeah, would you like to see Toulouse beat Warrington this weekend and those three teams really battle it out? Because if Warrington win this weekend, we know they're not going to go down, but we also know they're not going to be able to make the top six. So their next four, yeah. if they win this weekend, they know their season's over. Because they know that they're, they're, they're very, very, they're still would be mathematically possible depending on obviously if Catalan, if Castleford and Leeds both win, then I don't think they'd be able to do it with four games to go. But if you're looking at that and you're going, okay, they're seven points off Leeds now with 10 games remaining. They could potentially be nine points off with 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 eight points to go, not be safe, but also be still be stuck on 14 points with both Wakefield and Toulouse on 12. But you look at that and go, is do we spoke about it a few weeks ago? Do out of those three teams. Do we want Warrington down? Do we want Wakefield down? We, we know we don't want to lose down, but out of Wakefield and Warrington, yeah. would you rather I think, like Warrington go down and shock the world of rugby league a little bit, or would you just, do we want Wakefield out of Super? Not in a bad way, we don't mean to sound rude, yeah. but a team like Wakefield who we know don't have the best facilities, we know don't necessarily attract the big name players. Do we, do we, does it seem like that need to take a drop down? But then you're replacing mm. someone like Featherstone, it's exactly the same team, right? Pretty much. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think... My, my view is that the, the promotion relegation is it's just a lose lose no matter what we do here and so it's the lesser of two, two evils or three evils I think we need to lose to try and um, spread the game in France I think I think that that's been um, I think that, I think that despite the fact that we've not had a good year I think we've had good crowds and people have enjoyed going there and it's felt it's been a bit of a good news story watching this team side um, you know, the first French derby and all that stuff. Lower Field have been sort of a bottom table team for a long time now, so I think they're the obvious sort of um, choice if, to, to put them down. I think Wellington have been a successful team. Um, big crowds, they can, they can attract um, overseas players. So, for the best, the best option for the Super League, is for Wakefield to go down, but having said that, Wakefield's been part of the Super League for a long time, um, and I don't think that we deserve to be in the Championship, it's a shame that, that we're going to have to see one of these three clubs go, and, um, you know, there's still no way, I do actually think one of them deserves a spot in the Super League, maybe we need to open up to um, 13, 14 sides, I don't know, but, 
I think this is the problem with promotion relegation is I, I think that the, the losers lose more than the winners win, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, you're looking at the teams that are going to come up, we think, and realistically, if Lee, if Lee go up, they're going to go straight back down because that's what they always do. I don't necessarily think that's the case with Featherstone because the, the players they've got will probably stick around. They've got, they generally, in my opinion, do have a Super League level mm. team, whereas a lot of those Lee lads are on one-year deals on a lot of money and they'll move on if they don't go up. Um, and yeah. if they do up, they'll if they do go up, they'll probably still move on to to other clubs because they deserve to. Um, lo- looking at the championship, obviously Leah top, so we know that they'll go up. Fev thirty seven points. Uh, Halifax on thirty two, went third after beating Batley on Monday night, who are still who are also on thirty two points. York fifth on thirty. Do you see any of Halifax, Batley, York, Barrow? Which realistically, we 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 stop at Barrow because there's a nine point gap between Barrow and Sheffield, so. Those top, yeah. teams, top, those teams in third to sixth. Do you see any of them toppling Featherstone in the playoffs and going up? Like, do you see any of them beating Lee and beating Fev potentially going up in, and shocking these teams? One of those four. Uh, well, I can speak as a Yellow Knights fan and say that we don't have a good win against Featherstone. So, um, but even if we did, I, I, I like to say I think Featherstone have a really good quality team, and I think that. They've known all year what this was about, and so they're going to be more stern and turned when it gets to the, to the finals. I think they're going to be a really difficult side to beat. Um, I, I don't think either Halifax, Bradley, or York have, have it in them to, to beat Featherstone. They might win a half, you know, like they, might, they might win a course, but I think Featherstone are a fit side with composure and experience now. I think they'll be able to see out um, the game. So, I, yeah, I think we're looking at me and Thurston for the million pound game for sure, but it will still be interesting to see who gets that third spot because I think all year it's been a two-horse race. Yeah. But to get to get best of the rest uh, in this league is, is still an achievement. So, there's still, there's still a lot to play for. Yeah, with, with three games to go... I think it's three games to go in, in that league now. Uh, maybe uh, four. It might be four. Right, hold on, I just need to. Well, we've all played. We've all played eleven games. Uh, two games. Twenty-two games. Four more games to go. We might have twenty-six. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, twenty-six so, games. Realistically, any of those teams can catch Fev, who haven't necessarily been in the best of form. Like Lee, mm. Lee are the team to beat. We know that. Like they're always going to be the team to beat, especially when they bring in lads like Nene McDonald and. Like Blake Ferguson, who should still be, in my opinion, playing in the NRL. That's ridiculous. He's playing in second tier rugby over here. Like fair play to Derek Beaumont. We know he does a fantastic job. Would you like to see two up, two down from say next year? Like is that a, is that a thing that you look at IMG and you go, lads, look, one up, one down is is killing this game because it's the same teams going up, the same not necessarily the same teams going down, but Lee will go up one year and come back down. London have gone down this year. Went part. Oh, sorry, went down a few years ago. Struggled to go back up. Went part time and have struggled this year. Like you're looking at Lee all the time. We one up, one down. Whenever Lee go up, someone else obviously goes up. It used to be Lee and London just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Do you do you see that being a case now? Where is it? It'll be to lose and Lee, to lose and Lee, to lose and Lee for a few years. Yeah, I think. 
like it's been too hard race and, and whichever team comes down from the Super League is still going to be too hard race in the Championship next year. So I think there's a good argument for a 14 team Super League. Yeah. Um, but having said that, you know, like, like we're saying about Lee, they, they, they sign all these players on big deals for one year. And then, they, and then they just get relegated. All, all, all the talent that gets them to the Super League seems to get picked off by the, um, by the Super League teams. And the, the team that actually ends up playing the Super League the following year isn't even as strong as the Championship side that they put forward the year before that. So, it's not, in my eyes, it's not sustainable. Every single time that we do a, we promote a team, relegate a miller, it, it costs our sport money. It, 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 values the league so no, if, I was, if I was IMG I, I re-evaluate um, how, how it's done I think the uh, promotion relegation just it's just not the way forward so I think to win the championship is, is an achievement the dream of Super League is almost a distraction because it's, it's unachievable for pretty much all of these championship sides so we shouldn't be um, geared towards doing that in a, in a, yeah, in a sense too. It's too short term, but just looking at things soon and soon, and really we should have long term plans that secure our game for, you know, yeah, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. So you're looking at, we have, to, we have to find a way to make this game, bring in as much money as possible, but also keep it as attractive as possible. So yeah, maybe we I, I, think the promotion and relegation side of things. Do we go back to like the super eights? I I didn't find the super eights. It was a little dead ringer for the teams maybe in eighth and seventh who didn't have a chance of making the top four playoffs. But could you do a super? Could you just turn the super eights into the playoff system in terms of that? Um, and then like the first the team that finished ninth in super league could play the team who finished fourth in the championship or first in the championship whatever for a quarter final do, do you know what I mean so the team yeah I know what you're saying it, like it feels like we always get to a certain point in the year where we know certain teams have nothing to play for and it sort of like takes the sting out of it but I think like they managed to get around that in the Premier League how many teams are in that so that it's going to end so and maybe maybe like teams that there's nothing to play for for like months. Yeah. They still managed to um, sell out stadiums and it's worth going to watch. So, um, and I, I, I'm cautious because Lee and Ferguson are two clubs that they haven't got a real way of fan base. And, but they have, they have made the championship interesting this year because they've brought in some names that you wouldn't expect to have seen play in the championship. So, they should be rewarded in some way for doing that. You know, they've obviously got owners that are you know, dreaming big, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't be like holding them down. Um, it's just making sure that it's sustainable. I don't think. Um, I'll be honest. I don't think Middle Eights is the answer because I think that that's too much unpredictability. It's, yeah, it's, that was a problem they had before, wasn't it? The unpredictability. Of trying, trying to get a long-term sponsorship deal when you are saying. We don't know what league we're going to be in at the end of the season. Like the, the bottom third of our competition could all go down. It's too. It doesn't. You can't build for the future on that. There's some balance in the middle that gives teams something to play for, and yeah. um, g- 
is is pretty compelling. It's pretty cool. I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's, there's some kind of um, competition that happens. So like a plate or a, a yeah. something for the teams necessarily not in that that that, that, that bottom four could then go into a, like a mini league for like the super league like the Super League plate or something like that or some, yeah just something because yeah. the thing is the end of the day uh, I believe that Ruby League is enjoyable enough as a game on its own I think if you go and watch a game and not know whether it's a cup game a league game a friendly what a charity match it doesn't matter yeah. what the bigger picture is you can just enjoy it as a spectacle on its own yeah I totally so you can't there's not a, a massive need to dress it up no, no, but no, it's yeah. difficult when you've got players that are moving on and nothing to play for. Yeah, no. Speaking of speaking of not a lot to play for, um, we're going to move over to the NRL now. The Bulldogs, the Bulldogs, the Knights, the Warriors, the West Tigers, and the Gold Coast Titans. None of them can make the top eight now. So they've got four games now. Where apart from you're probably looking at Warriors, apart from the Knights and the Bulldogs, Warriors, West and Titans are fighting for not finishing bottom of the table. I mean, four games left, four points between Titans and Warriors, six points between the Bulldogs and the Knights. The Bulldogs and the Knights will be fine. They're not going to finish at the bottom of the table. Um, the Titans look like they were coming on strong under Holbrook, but they're underneath West this year. Uh, away form, they've not won an away game in 10. Uh, home form, they've lost seven out of their last... 10 as well. They've only won 8 games all year. Like their, their recent form, they've lost 4 on the bounce. The Warriors have lost 4 on the bounce. Uh, Wests have won 1 in their last 5, which was, I believe, 2 weeks ago. The Knights are the same. Does that competition, I know they're bringing in uh, the Dolphins next year. That makes a 17 team league really stupid because it's an uneven number, but we won't get into that as much. Do you think they need to bring in another team to make 18? That's a massive comp, but obviously we know there's no promotion and relegation in that league. Yeah, I think they do. I think I think they need another team because the odd number means there'll be one team one team each week with the buy. Yeah. That sounds great, but what if you're the team that has the buy in round one? It's a bit pointless, isn't it? You know what I mean? What if you have the buy in the last round of the game and really you could do is keeping your handy and keeping like the momentum going for the final. So the fairest way is uh, an even week team. I think that um, there's enough talent in Australia for them to have um, 18 teams and I, I would use this as an example of why promotion and relegation isn't the best way of doing it like we see teams that sort of like drop off a little bit sit down the table but and then they kind of offload some of their more expensive players that maybe haven't um, achieved what they wanted and they pick up the next round of um, it's round of like unformed players that have come from teams that are sort of doing really well and can't afford to keep everyone and the cap keeps this like cycle going and because there's no fear of relegation clubs can go we're not going to make the finals this year we're not going to make the finals next year but the year after that we're building squads and but you can't do that in Super when every single year you've got a fear of the rugby and pull from underneath you so um, we're going to move into the, the top half of that table. Penrith, six points clear, four games to go. They've got Melbourne at the weekend, so we, obviously we'll predict that game a little bit later on because it's one of our set of six. Does it, both Cleary and Luai are out until the playoffs. So they've got four games without Cleary and Luai, and they've just absolutely dismantled... I can't remember who they played in round 20. 
I just absolutely dismantled the Raiders. Another another thing I was going to talk to Toby about was the Raiders are sat ninth now. They should have been, in my opinion, in the top eight, to, and they should have beaten the, the Panthers. But do you think the fact that Cleary and Luai both being out means they can stay fresh? Do you think anyone is going to beat them at all again this year? Do you think they might lose a few games before the playoffs, but no one's going to beat them in a, in a playoff run, are they? May, I know you've got Melbourne and Roosters and that, but the Roosters and the Broncos and the Rabbitohs might still even miss the, the top eight, which is which is crazy when you think about like the Roosters and the Rabbitohs and the Broncos. Yes, you can see where the Broncos have come from, so fair play to them if they finish ninth. But the Roosters and the Rabbitohs are finals teams, aren't they? I don't know the stats, but I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd be confident to bet they've been in the finals every year for the last eight, nine years. So, um, yeah, that's definitely, um, it's a real interesting, like, sort of table. You're not have expected to see North Clinton, but there. Um, and Camilla, like, I think we, we did sort of see we like this team and they're going in the right direction, but they're, they're sitting higher than I would have uh, predicted. So, yeah, I, um, I can't remember the prediction that we had for some of these teams, but we, we, we did think about, like I think you guys said, oh, look, West won't make the top eight, and I was very, pretty happy with that, but I didn't see them finishing as low as 15th. Um, yeah. we, still, we thought the Knights and the Titans were going to be better than what they are, the Titans being bottom of the table. Um, my, my question to you mainly is, what happens at the Roosters if they don't make the eight? Like. If they if they drop out of the eight and someone like the Raiders, the Sea Eagles probably won't because there's so much stuff going on. But if the Raiders or the Dragons get into that top eight, probably most likely going to be the Raiders get into that top eight ahead of the Roosters. Like, what happens to a lot of their new players that they're going to bring in? Like Gildart's just gone there to try and boost his chances of playing in the World Cup, which I think I think he's in the squad anyway, no matter what, because of the type of player that he is. But if they miss the eight and he's not playing playoff rugby, what does, what does he do there? Like because he's on loan until the end of the year. He's not going to get as much game time as he might have wanted, and that's going to really hamper his chances. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that when, if, if, you're, if, if you know you're not going to make the finals, why, why bother um, playing a long play when you can be sort of um, giving some, some younger uh, players a, a debut or something like that and sort of looking to have next year almost? Um, but I, I kind of, I think, I think Sydney will, will get there. They've won their last four on the backs, and they've got they have got the Cowboys up this weekend, which which um, I don't know if I've got it in one of the set of six. Uh, no, I don't. I don't have that. It was one of the set of six. So like, if they beat the Cowboys this weekend, the Penrith Penrith have wrapped up the the minor premiership because no one will be able to catch them. Uh, if, especially, if they beat, especially if they beat Melbourne, it might still be six points with three games to go and a little bit tight. But um, um, mathematically speaking, you're looking at Penrith. They've won the, they've won the minor premiership. Cowboys being second, Sharks third, that's huge, well done to them. But this is probably one of the tightest playoff situations you'll ever see. We, like, who who, who, do you, who would you like to see in that grand final against? We presume it will be against Penrith. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like this year a lot, like, Melbourne's taking a bit of a backward step, uh, Rabbit's taking a backward step, whereas Panthers are still the same, so I don't think we've got that sort of, like, um, hardened challenger who genuinely is a threat. I think like the Cowboys have, have, have sort of like had this like complete turnaround. Um, but like we've seen the team, the team that gets to the final, it's all about experience. It's like if, if the team's got there, it's the first time. Generally, they, they don't deliver. 
and I mean, I mean, the only, the only exception I can think of in recent memory is um, when Kunu won the final against uh, Melbourne and they, when they overturned it. But that was a year where Kunu were playing something that was totally different to everybody else and they were sort of just, they just had that thing about them and I don't see that in any of these sort of bigger sides in the top eight. So it, this year really is painless to lose. Um, like I said, the fact that they can pull it out the two um, playmakers and still um, completely dismantle the kind of defence means that the systems that they've got in place are bang on. And it's, so they've got the winning formula right now and it's only um, made even more potent when they have world-class players in there. They don't even need the world-class players to be that good because the system will always support that. And, I, and that, to me, is a, a finals winning team. I don't see that kind of um, structure in any of the other um, challenges. So um, I'd love to see someone different up there. I always like to see a different team. I, I really like the Sharks team this year. Um, and the Cowboys are a great stage as well. So for me, I might see even those two up there, but I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, I mean, any of that uh, top top six get there to change Yeah, no, 100%. I think, in my opinion, I'd, I'd love to see uh, the Broncos up there. Like, we, we look at the seasons that they've had previously, the last two, three years, where they've been, like, I think they picked up the wooden spoon or nearly picked up. They were so close yeah, to the did, yeah. season or the season before. And people were like, what the hell is going on at the Broncos? Especially with the new Dolphins side coming in to play out of that sort of area. Like, we were like, what's going on? Like, yeah. going to be the best team in Brisbane at this rate like with the second team potentially coming in at Brisbane but it, it's going to be really interesting to see and I'm sure in a couple of weeks we'll pick up on the fact that the some of the finals positions will have been sorted we know that and we, we really get to delve in and, and, and jump into playoff rugby league which is going to be absolutely fantastic um, with the end of the season coming up it's also we're getting closer and closer to the World Cup um, since we last spoke about the England World Cup squad like in depth, we've had a retirement internationally from Jermaine McGilfrey. We've had Dom Young uh, choose Jamaica, which means England have lost two wingers. We've all, but we've also had Victor Radley uh, say that he wants to play for England. So, and we've also had Sam Walker say that he won't play for England. He wants to play for Australia. So obviously, that's a little bit disappointing on the Sam Walker front with him being born in England. Um, I was thinking that we could, he could be one that we can convince. And I mean, if he's not picked for Australia and he doesn't play, we, we've obviously still got time to maybe convince him to, to jump over. Um, before we go into the England, actually, Kiri has said he will happily play for Ireland at the World Cup. That's ridiculous. Like we spoke about, I think it was Kiri to consider Ireland's call. But then last week he announced that he was happy to play for Ireland at the World Cup, as so long as he is selected. That's huge for the Wolfhounds, isn't it? Yeah, massive. It was a, 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 yeah, he's been there, he's done that. Um, and was, if he could stay, if he stay in Drew Free, um, it would be a great addition to that Ireland team. I think um, that was the current Ireland halfback. I don't know what it is at the minute. I believe it's Joe Keyes right now at Halifax, which is Keery playing alongside Joe Keyes. Like that's that's massive for someone like Joe Keyes, only twenty seven yeah. years of age or twenty six years twenty seven years of age. That a World Cup against uh, playing with one of the best halfbacks in the world. Yeah, and I, and I think the 
difference between Kieran Walker is that Kieran kind of knows that he's, he's not going to get that Australia shirt, so he can start looking around um, now. Whereas, I mean, Sam Walker's not going to be shout, but he's, maybe he's thinking long term, thinking that yeah, over the course of his career, he'll get that eventually. But, yeah, be interesting. He's definitely going to get picked for Ireland, and, and fair play to him. I look, I look forward to to that, and I look forward to um, to the head coach Jed seeing what he does. Um, we'll, we'll mention Victor Addy before we move on to anything. It's something that I was really hoping for, and I've been hoping for since we first discussed the World Cup, probably in one of our first live shows over a year ago. Now, Victor Addy will play for England at the World Cup. Um, his father hails from Sheffield. Um, and apparently it creates a real selection poser for Sean Wayne, according to Gary Carter, uh, who I believe is a rugby journalist for The Sun. I know he's a rugby journalist, it's just whether, I think I think it's for The Sun. Um, so if people, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if you know. I don't think it causes a massive selection headache. I mean, we were, we were struggling to find another second row or centre to, or uh, loose forward, so I should to sort of go in that role. I think he saves, I think he solves the loose forward problem in terms of he is an out and out loose forward, which means Morgan Knowles doesn't necessarily have to put in 80 minute shifts in the middle, but it also sort of helps us at hooker. It means that the likes of Daryl Clark or whoever is your number one hooker get a little bit of a break because Radley can play there. But we know with Radley's discipline record in the NRL that he's a massive liability. So he might even get banned before the World Cup comes around. Um, let, forgetting his sort of discipline re- record, are you happy that we've that he's stepped forward and gone? I want to play for England. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I, I think we just spoke about it before, and I was getting a bit frustrated about Sean Wayne saying, you know, we only let English born players, and like who who is he to say that <laughs> when you've got like really world class players saying I want to play in your team? Yeah. So I'm glad that um, yeah, I think Sean Wayne said he's going to pick him as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think I uh, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I don't think it would have been announced if he hadn't. I mean, he's had a conversation with Sean Wayne. Sean Wayne's gone. I want you to play. He's gone. Okay, then I'll play. So it kind of it's kind of selected itself. We know that he's going to be yeah. unless unless touch wood, um, he gets injured or gets banned. And but we know that he's going to be in and around that team. I mean, he is very very. I think he's still only twenty four. So he's probably got this World Cup and another two World Cups after that still in him. Yeah, twenty four years of age. Only only three months older than me, for God's sake. Like. Like, yeah, I'm, it's, which is scary because he's such a quality player. He's, he's I'm so glad he's playing for us, and it would have been a shame because I'm not sure that we would have got him the Australia squad. So we would have just like not had him at the World Cup. And when he's when he's such a um, entertaining, um, aggressive player, that they're the exact types that are perfect for these sort of short format competitions. So I'm, I'm super happy with him. I know that you're, you're very smug about this as well because you were shouting up about this like months and months before anyone picked up on it. Yeah. It was all news to you. Yeah, it was, I knew it was coming. I was like, there's no way. Like, with his record of his disciplinary, I didn't think someone like Mal Meninga or even whoever's selecting the Australia team, I don't even know who it is at the minute after the state of origin, um, like eligibility, the battle that they've been going on over there. But I've been banging on about it for ages and it's a shame, like I said, it's a shame we don't have Sam Walker. But it also means we don't have to play Jackson Hastings at loose forward, does it, Robin? So, well, right, I mean, maybe that's the selection header that Gary Carr's on about. <laughs> I mean, if it is, then Sean Wayne is obviously not doing a great job. Uh, speaking of Jackson Hastings, before I go on to the, the wingers situation we were talking about a minute ago, there's a rumour that he's coming back to Super League. 
I mean, in my opinion, I think he well, the West Tigers fans want him there. Yeah, um, I, I think I think he's done a great job for West. He's been there what a year? This is his first yeah. and only year. I was really hoping he'd stick around more, but I don't think. I think for some, I don't know what it is. Whether it was the fact that he only signed because it was Michael Maguire, which I think we'll talk about in a few weeks with like NRL contract issues, or maybe even after this. Um, it's it's a shame because he signed a two year deal, I believe. I believe he signed a two-year deal. So if he was to leave after one year, despite the fact he's probably been one of West Tigers' most consistent players this year, <laughs> would you be disappointed if he left? Yeah, I would. Um, I, I, I really like him, and I've spoken loads and loads about why I like him and what the job he's done, so I won't go too much into that again. But um, I think it's... If I was a West fan, I'd be really, really, really concerned by this because when, when you get somebody like that playing the team, um, and like I say, he's contracted for a long time and he's sort of thinking about leaving or where, going back to the Super League, it just tells me that you, you could, I wonder what it takes to return key players and for the long term that means that you're going to be Moving around at the bottom of the table, which is what we've seen from West for a long time now. So, um, yeah, not not good. I mean, from a selfish point of view, I wouldn't mind seeing him back in Super League and getting seen a bit more. But honestly, I think he's I think he's talented too good. I think he I think he deserves to be more out there, and I think he's actually makes a, a massive impact on the game. So, um. I don't know, maybe, maybe he's testing waters, maybe he's seeing how, how maybe he can get uh, um, you know, a bit more money on his deal, maybe he's just seeing how flexible he is going to go. I think he'll earn more than that, in, he wouldn't ever earn more than that in Super League because of the salary cap issue that they have, but it, I think if he need, if he wants to... Oh, that's the best for him, Yeah, I suppose. I'd rather pay him a million pound than Luke Brooks, but I think we've got another year of that rubbish, so we'll move on. Um, Wingers, Dom Young has chosen to play for Jamaica, and Jermaine McGilvray has retired. When we selected our team a few months ago, um, we said it's one of them are in the squad, because they're very similar. I think we said McGilvray has to start, but then if you take McGilvray, you take one of Ryan Hall or Dom Young. I think this situation means Ryan Hall is 100% in that England team now because of the type of winger that he is. He's really similar to McGilvray in terms of the power he offers. He's really similar to Dom Young in that sense as well. And we know he scores tries for England. Is it disappointing that McGilvray has retired before this World Cup? And is it also disappointing? Like we, Dom Young is guaranteed to be at the World Cup. And I think we mentioned this before, a, a couple of weeks ago. But it really sort of, it make, it probably makes it more of a selection headache at winger now, doesn't it? Because you're looking at Liam Marshall, Ash Handley, um, Tom Johnson, I think, has been injured this year again, which is a little disappointing to see, and then Ryan Hall. They're your four wingers, really, and, you've, and you're probably taking, what, three of them, maybe four of them, maybe them four. Do you, do you see anyone else getting in ahead of any of those? Uh, do you see Tommy Makinson as well? Sorry, I forgot about Tommy Makinson. Tommy, Tommy, yeah. You've got Tommy Makinson, Liam Marshall, Ryan Hall, Ash Hanley, and oh, realistically, best, that's your four wingers, isn't it? Mm, and I, I, honestly, I, 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 think, I, don't, I don't think any of them would make a dent in the NRA, so I don't think that wings. <laughs> we haven't got strong wings in this, in this competition. Could do it. I think. I think. <laughs> 
but the way he plays, it reminds me very much of Pat Richards as well, with, especially with the, when it comes to the goal kicking and the times. I mean, Pat Richards went over there and won yeah. with West back in, I know it was back in 2005, and then came over here and, and did it for uh, a yeah. time. Um, he's definitely, he's definitely got the experience, but I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's got the size. So um, I feel like Nathanson, Nathanson for me, Nathanson is absolutely in the squad, and he's the best out of us over the choice. So it's, it's almost the next, the next um, winner, winner, which is is hard to choose. At the try scoring stats for Super League now, and ignoring Bevan French and Willie Ice and Ken Sear, who are well above the rest. Uh, Liam Marshall's on 18, which is the same as Jai Field. Obviously, he's not English, which is a shame. Uh, Tommy Makinson on 17. Ash Handy on 16. The next best English uh, winger is Daryl Olfitz on 15. Joe Burgess on 14. Matty Ashton on 13. And then Darnell McIntosh on 12. Uh, Ryan Hall's only scored 11, so realistically, he's not going to be in the squad. So your fourth winger is going to be... Daryl Alfred, Joe Burgess, or Matty Ashton ahead of like behind Marshall, Makinson, and Hanley. They're not impressive. We know Joe Burgess isn't as good as what he was because he's over to the NRL. He didn't do it. Matty Ashton's young, up and coming. He could do it. And Daryl Alfred is it's full of errors. But we know he's full of errors. months at Cass this during the middle of the season. Like, do we do we look at maybe Wells being there? Do you have to move maybe a centre out, or what? What would you do if you were in Sean Wayne's position? Would you would you be speaking to Dom Young and be like, "Look, I want you to come and play for England," or do you think that ship might have sailed now for this World Cup, knowing that you're going to get him in probably in four years' time? Yeah, I think I think Dom Young's made his decision, um, so I probably wouldn't go down that route. But I think I think there's something to be said for the Wales being. It's a really difficult one. There's no, there's no name that really stands out on that list. I mean, Brian Hill's got the experience. I think, like, we're feeling respecting, but you know, I think we're in for the NRL. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're going off. That's maybe we stick someone out in the wing that is usually a fullback. You know what I mean? So, some, something like that um, might be, might be our best option. Um, I don't know. <laughs> There's, there's quite a few holes in this England side, and I don't feel very confident in our in our backs. So, no, um, I don't particularly feel massively confident in sort of where our back. I think forwards wise, we've got a pack, a pack to deal with many a lot of four packs, and I think we always have done. We've never really been short on props, second rows, loose forwards, and I mean we're a little bit short on Hooker. I think he still needs to maybe get in the ear of James Roby. Um, mm. That's something we need to do. Um, but we'll see. I think in a couple of weeks we're going to do a re-pick of that squad and see, because um, we said we would do it towards the end of the season, but just need to find that. We don't want to have to pick it. We want to make, make sure we pick our squad maybe a day or a couple of days, maybe a week if we have to, before Sean Wayne picks his. Uh, women's Rugby League time now, and we're not going to talk about the Women's Super League in terms of the North. We're not going to talk about Women's Super League Group 2. We're not going to talk about anything up North. It's Super League South playoff semi-final weekend. Uh, game number one, you've got the uh, Cardiff Demons versus the Army, but it's at the Army. So Cardiff are down as the home team because they finished second in the league, but the venue is at the Army Rugby Stadium. And then you've got London Broncos versus Bedford Tigers at uh, half past five at the Cherry Red Record Stadium after Broncos versus Workington in the Championship. Then, I'm going to run you through the league table quickly. London finished top. 
unbeaten, five wins out of five, but were run very, very close by pretty much every team they've played. They didn't really have... They, 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 they scored 204, apart from their game against Oxford and their game against Bristol. They were run very close by both Bedford, Army and Cardiff. Um, conceded 76 points, so their points difference was 164. They beat Cardiff by two points. They finished second. They scored just under 300 points and only conceded 32. And they've got the Army... Who their points difference was ten, and then but Bedford Tigers were second, who, and their only wins were against uh, Bristol and Oxford, who was technically a walkover. This is these are big semi-finals because I'm, I'm a Bedford Tigers. I'm, I'm, we all know that, and I see how these girls are training every week and how they're playing every week, and I know for a fact that they can beat London. Like we know we can. Um, Cardiff, I think, will dismantle the army. They will be the other team in the in the semi final. Are you excited? Are you going to make, are you going to try and make sure you're watching these games? That both games will be available to stream on the day. The army is streaming theirs on Twitch, and obviously London Bedford will be on our league. I'm not sure if it's free. I am going to try and find out while we talk. Yeah, I think we're. I, I, I really I really like the women's game at the moment, um, and like these these four clubs are. Um, I've learned a lot since we've done our podcast together and we've talked with Fidney about the Women's Super League set off. Um, I know, like, like you say, in the Army probably aren't going to put in much of a fight. And I, I, I don't know if that's because of um, where they don't always have the best squad available, depending on who's available each week. Um, but Cardiff are definitely a team that um, I know that, you, I know that um, they're strong. So... Um, I, I kind of, it'd be, I'd kind of like to see the Cardiff team win in the rugby point of view because it, it might might boost a bit of. Um, they won it last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it, I feel like they kind of if you keep up this sort of like we've got a champion team in the in the capital city of Wales, mm-hmm. I wouldn't see them different. But like you know, like we don't need that in London as well. They're all they're all great clubs, um, and obviously I've got a very. Um, I feel obliged to support the Bedford Tigers anywhere I can, so... Thank you, thank you very much. Um, but no, it's a massive day for, for women's sport on on Sunday. You've got women's, uh, you've got three live games that are being streamed. You've got two on our league, which are free. Uh, so you've got York City Knights versus Wigan at 12. And on Twitch at half past uh, three, uh, 3 o'clock, I believe it is, you've got the Army versus Cardiff. And then at half past five, which is also free on our league, you've got London Broncos versus Bedford Tigers. Um, my opinion, I'm really happy about it, but the, the girls are playing after London Broncos versus Workington at the Cherry Red Record Stadium. Like, it's going to be one of the biggest grounds that probably any of these girls have ever played at. I know they played to, they played against each other at Ealing last year, but this is a brand. This is a proper. This is a proper stadium with four sides, proper nice grounds, and it, it really it's it's going to be it's a Premier League football stadium in the making, isn't it? It's, it's a good, it's a good um, station to perform on, and I think it's, um, I think it's clever as well to put on after the um, working to match because I think it hopefully fans will hang around and, and, and stay to watch the game. I think in the past we've seen um, the, the women's game uses like a curling blazer, and, and people don't, people don't bother coming down early, so or arrive like, as it's finishing or in the gap between. So I think this is a better way of doing it. It's sort of um, I think it means there's, there's more people in the stadium, and, and that's what they, they really deserve. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the stadium holds 9,215 people, 
Um, obviously, we, as a club, we have 25 free tickets for friends and family, which is really good. Thank you to London for doing that. Um, I don't know what London... I think London's Broncos capacities have been just over a 1,000 people. And obviously, if, if you're listening and you can get down to Wimbledon for the day, come down for both games. Like you're getting two games for the price for the price of one. It's, gonna, it's not going to cost you any more than it would just to come and watch one game at Wimbledon. I mean, if you're on a direct train into London and it's only going to take you an hour and a half to get into London, you may as well make the extra half an hour to get across to the Cherry Red Record Stadium. Like, it's absolutely, it's going to be an absolutely wonderful day and you're going to see, unfortunately, in my opinion, I think you'll see Workington get relegated, which is which is not very good, which is not very nice for them, especially with the form London are in at the minute, obviously beating Newcastle 44-0. But you're also going to get to see a really, really tight game of Women's Rugby League and it'll be, not, not to disrespect the Army and the Cardiff game, but it'll be a hell of a lot closer. Yeah. It will be. It will just be a lot more entertaining. I think the kind of Bali game will be severely entertaining, and it will be great. A great watch, and I'll watch it on our on our journey down, or while I'm sat watching the the Broncos Workington game, depending on what time I, I arrive. It's going to be an absolute cracking weekend, and I can't wait for the weekend after for the final. No matter who's in it, I want to make sure I get down there and and I watch it. And I, I believe it's in Cardiff. I believe the final is going to be at. Um, at the at Dragons RFC, which is just outside, um, just outside Cardiff, I believe. For you, would you like to see, especially Cardiff? They, they've dismantled teams this year. I know they lost to London. Would you like to see? There's something that I listened on the Forty Twenty podcast, which was earlier today. Phil Catherine, yeah. he would like to see a the the best of the Southern Conference League be entered into this normal Super League and play games against those teams every week. Um, you see the London Roosters doing it in wheelchair rugby. So they have a they have that's the sort of the best of the London wheelchair league. Um would you like to see that happen in the women I didn't agree with it. I didn't think it'd be very good because I think that gives more of an opportunity for players to get poached by bigger teams and potentially lose them. I know not many of the women's play and get. Uh, I'm sorry, not many of the women get paid. If any, I don't think any of them get paid to play. Yeah. But if they're offered good deals, especially with a lot of the girls being teachers and working in jobs that do, do you see? Do you see players like that being offered deals to move? If that is the yeah. situation, is that? Do you see it from my point of view, or do you think it is a good idea for maybe just a one-off, the best of Super League South, play the winner of the Super League Two or something? I bet, so just to, just like, to clarify, that, is the idea that, like, the team that won it last year gets to play in a few games, or is it, like, the team that's currently at the top of the table, or how, how do you understand? From, from what I've listened to what Phil Kaplan said, it's yeah. a select side from all of the teams in the South, so... Ah, so like a representative team, right. Has Collie in there... Uh, from, Bed- from Bedford, you probably have Kaz Collie, Storm Cobain, Siobhan Drummond, just to name a few. Then from London, you probably have Kay Selby in there. From the Army, you probably get Kai Glynn in there. Uh, and there's there's loads of names. Like, uh, like, yeah. like you select them all and you put them all together and you take 17, 18, or however many you're allowed subs for them. I think we're allowed 20 so We're allowed 20 players in the Super League South, so you get seven subs. I don't know if you have a 20, 20 a side game over to Super, uh, over to play whoever wins this year, whether it be Saints, York, Wigan, Leeds, whoever wins Super League. Mm. You go and get them to play them in like a in a World Club Challenge style fixture. Uh, yeah. Or do you get that team to go and play every other week in the Super League up north and try and see how they do against other? Like, so they're playing with each other every other week, but they're playing against each other in the weeks in between. 
Yeah, I don't like it. I think, like you say, it's just a chance for, for um, players to get um, polished, really. I, I think, but I, what I like about the Women's Super League South is that it feels like every match is, there's a bit of a rivalry because the two London clubs are like London versus Cardiff, the two capital cities, and it, it feels like um, it's like a, a smaller competition, so there's more of these sort of. Um, Rivalries that happen, and, and also you mentioned before about players that are, are moving teams and all that adds interest and um, stuff. So I think to like them, that like export the, the cream of the crop and dump them in the league where nobody knows who they are, and it's you know they they basically it's like when you watch Catalans play away, there's like three people that play when they score, um, and you've also got the fact that then like these. these Players wouldn't be playing um, for their team as much, maybe. Yeah. So then it'd be values of the big south. And then you've got the fact that um, they might be thinking to themselves, well, I'm travelling up to the north of England every other week now, and I might as well get play for one of their teams and be in a like, bigger um, competition. And bigger, uh, a more, more competitive environment. Yeah, and actually we have fans that follow me as well. Like, there's that so I don't think it's a good idea. I think I think what's going on now in the women's super itself is actually um, really good and really positive, and it, if anything, it should be protected to continue to allow it to to grow rather than be exploited by these teams in the north of England that are actually doing fine for themselves. And yeah, they don't need the, the extra games or whatever. No, I'm I'm glad we're really, yeah. really good. That's, it's nice to. To hear a nice opinion and, and sort of hopefully Phil Kaplan listens to that and goes, actually, yeah, maybe I was a little bit wrong. It's a really good idea, you know. Really, I like like it's good to have all these plans out there. The of the one-off game, don't get me wrong. I like that. Like, you have, yeah. you have a representative side, so you call it the... He called it the Southern Bells. He just sort of brought it up on the spot. But you call it the Bedford, Bedford, uh, the Betfred Women's Super League South Select versus say Wigan or Saints or whatever and you get them into a camp for a couple of weeks you get the coaches from all the sides sort of working together so you get um, Wars from the army you get I don't know who the Cardiff head coach is it, it, um, and the London head coach their names was a CD but you get the Sam you get Wars you get the head coaches all sort of come together they go okay who's really impressed us this year we've got Kaz at fullback we have um, someone on the wing Kai Glynn and Shiv at centre we've got uh, greening and, and rain and you've got like this person this and you just go through do you know what I mean I mean off the top of my head I could probably if I went through match day squads and had a look I could pick a 20 player squad and I'd be like okay that, that team there if they had uh, three weeks together or they trained on a Wednesday or a Thursday at the Ar- Wednesday and a Saturday at the army stadium and then uh, and went and played do you know what I mean or you could you could organise it for the beginning of the beginning of the following season you could go and do something like that I think that's a really good idea but the mm. behind it would probably cost the RF, the RFL would probably have to put money behind it, and obviously that's something that like, a conversation I could have with the RFL when I'm next there. So. Yeah, it's, like, I think the, the, the cool idea is, if, but the nightmare fear is that we create a load of teams that don't really mean anything to anyone, and like race with losses and like promoting them. Yeah. And we've got these like great brands that look like. Some of these teams are only women's teams. There's no other association with them, so it's like a, a genuine, authentic new brand for the league, and they should be promoted more than say a select side that might, you know, might go for a few years, but then it 
straight into the background. It's almost like worse than um, energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I agree with you. Um, we're an hour in, and we we we're going to move on to our final thing because we were going to mention the Isaiah Papali uh, publicly questioning his Tigers contract for next year, and I think. With the backflipping that's going on with that, I think we're going to wait a couple of weeks to see exactly what happens because there's no guarantee yeah. that he's actually backflipped yet. So we're not going to discuss that um, this week. But we're, so we're going to move straight on to our set of six. And I believe it's still really tight at the top. The numbers off the top of my head, I've lost them. I can't find them. So I'm going to have to go back and we'll do an update at the end of at the start of the next podcast to do a thing. But we're both still well ahead of Toby. And, and he's already... Yeah. Uh, game number one, we mentioned it already. Penrith versus Melbourne. Uh, without Cleary and, Lu- and Luai, Melbourne are a really strong team. I know Pappenhausen's out, but Munster played at fullback the other week and apparently ripped it up to shreds. Um, I, I wouldn't. I'd like to see it a little bit t- tighter at the top, and I'd like to see Penrith struggle a little bit. So I'm going to agree with Toby on this one. I'm going to go Melbourne. I just love the way they're playing at the minute. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and I think they say for the competition, Melbourne would be a uh, more interesting win. But I'm going I'm to go with what I said earlier on um, the systems that Penn prefer if they're winning final. So I'm going I'm to go against the two first one for Penn. Nice. Um, another game we've already mentioned, I think we've mentioned quite a lot of it. I think we've mentioned actually all of these games this weekend um, coming up. Warrington versus Toulouse at Warrington. I love, I'd love if Toulouse won this game. I would love it if we beat them. I'm bringing out my Kevin Keegan right now. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Kevin Keegan that does that. Um, it might even be Warnock. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> Toulouse have to win this game, don't they? And, and to even think about staying up. Yeah, this is a must win for them. It's probably their easiest win between now and the end of the year. So this should be all geared towards this. Had a frustrating week last week. They um, should have beat Hulk last week. They, yeah, they started off so well and then didn't see it out. So I feel like that'll eat away at them and make them train even harder and make them even more hungry for this. Um, and I think I think Warrington will be a, will be a little bit. You know, they, they understand the ground of the situation, but I think they might be a bit complacent because I think you know, they'll catch up the points elsewhere and got a bit of a gap to them. I think Warrington know that they the things they want to win this game. They know that they're gonna, they're probably gonna be safe, uh, depending on obviously on the, the Wakefield result. But it's like you said, it's only one up, one down. If Toulouse lose, they've got three games to catch up, potentially four four points, and that's that's a tough ask for them. Uh, for me, I think Toulouse win this game. I think Warrington, like you said, is probably a little bit complacent. They they back themselves to win more than just the one game. Yeah. People are acting like it's just Wakefield and Toulouse that can go down. I'd love to see all them teams on the same amount of points in the last game of the season and none of them playing each other. That'd be absolutely like terrific for me to see. Be cool. Also gone with Toulouse. Are you making it a clean sweep for the, the team? Yeah, I, I'm going to go Toulouse because I, I just want it to happen so much. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're just praying it into existence. Um, game number three, Parramatta versus South Sydney. I think they're next to each other in a table. Um, both teams, I think, will be pretty safe in terms of their space in the top four. The Rabbitohs sit sixth, Parramatta sit fifth. Parramatta are two points ahead. The Rabbitohs win this game. They do go above them, and I think all but seal their spot in, in the playoffs. 
it's, do you think it's going to be a tight game? It's not one I think both teams think they're looking at and go, oh, we have to win this. Maybe the bunnies are looking at it and going, okay, we have to win this to make sure we don't drop to to eighth or even seventh or even ninth, depending on other risks. I don't think they can finish ninth, but I think they, if realistically they need to be looking at it and going, okay, we could be eighth after this. If the Broncos win and the Roosters win, we're eighth, and if the Raiders win, we're only two points off not being in the playoffs. The Eagles, on the other hand, they've got a little bit more comfort. They've got three points. They've got six points with four games to go ahead of the Raiders. So, in my eyes, they're in the playoffs, but they could, they could be really, really tight for, for them. Both teams won four of their last five. Uh, the Eels are at home, where their home form is not as good as the Rabbits, whereas the Rabbits' away form is awful. Where, where do you see this game being won and lost? Especially with, I think it's Moses out injured with a, with a hand injury at the moment. Yeah, I think... Um... I, I want I want to take um words for this one. Um I just feel like uh Palomari sort of like had a bit of a revival from where they were over the last couple of years. Um whereas Rebels have got that a bit more experience and when we get into these like closer end of season games, um I think they'll they'll see it out. I think Grimbaker is always going to be a Tom Mitchell. Um, he seems to come back and find his form again. So, yeah, I'm going to bet the Abbots, actually. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with, with Paramount being... Never, not necessarily bottling it, but oh, that's it. They, they bottle it when it comes to finals time, and it's getting close to that time now, and we know they're not going to be in a final. We know they're never going to win a final. Um it's just one of them things that you get from the Matty John show if you watch it. Like you understand that they've only won. They've not. I don't think they've won it at all, have they? Ever? Um, um, a long, long time ago. It would have been in that really Oh, didn't we get? We got. We were the team that Melbourne beat and they messed the cap. So technically, they technically. If you if you argue, people, I think people say they technically won it then. Um, you look at this and you're going, oh, the Rabbitohs have to win this game, and Latrell Mitchell is going to have to run absolutely riot at, at that stadium. Um, next up, we have, I've lost the list now, um, Hulkiar versus Leeds, we have next. Yeah, so we've got a Hulkiar team that kind of scraped a bit of a lucky win um, against Toulouse, and Leeds did win this week, didn't they? Yeah, the thing is, Leeds have got quite a few bands this week. Um, yeah, okay. I can't find the, flipping, the, the band list now, but I think Caesar's picked up a band. I think uh, Disciplinary Tribunals, here we go, 9th of August. Uh, Aiden Caesar has won his appeal against too much expensive, so he will only miss one game. Um, so he's out for one match as well. Reese Martin is also out for one game. So And David Fusatua will miss two matches for Leeds, whereas Hulkey are are welcoming back a trio of players so they're, they're sort of I know they, their young lads got injured but that's is it Fishwick Zach Fishwick the 17 year old prop he's put in a massive shift for them lately and I'd really like to see Hulkiar get the win to, to, um, on Friday or Saturday whenever it is and also Hulkiar have just signed Tom Opacic for next year so that's massive for them congratulations yeah that is that's a, a, a pretty good sign actually isn't it um yeah, I can understand, but I still think that um, Leeds have got the caliber of player to win this game. I know they haven't shown it this year all the time. I feel like they're um, 
the moving in the right direction. I feel like I was cut out in there, so Bono seems to pass that way, but um, if you've drawn that logically, I think they feel better, so I'm not going Yeah, um, let's see who's returning. Harvey Moore and Corbin Sims drop out. Kane Lynette, Ryan Hall and Mikey Lewis all come back into the squad after recovering from their injuries, which is absolutely massive, especially um, Mikey Lewis. He, he absolutely runs that team. Yeah. Unfortunately, Lachlan Coop misses out after saying a, con- a concussion, so he's still out. Um, so he, he, him and Corbin Sims are obviously two massive losses, but their team looks a hell of a lot stronger just adding those guys in. Obviously, PLT has been back at fullback, and he's been, in my opinion, he's actually been playing really well in terms of for, for an 18 year old lad coming into Super League playing his first game and game and a half. I'm, I think just because I, I want to get a point ahead of you and move a little bit further on, I think I'm going to go to whole KR this week. They haven't played badly when they've had no players. No. What's what's necessarily let them down this year was getting rid of Tony Smith. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, now you've listed all those players coming back, I'm sorry, but my decision because... Do have time to change? I mean, Mike Lewis on his own is enough to tip the scales. Um, I, I think he's quality. I think he's a game-breaker and he's a winner. Yeah. Um, and Leeds don't have oh. to Reese Martin or... Um, I know, and also David Fisitua, so there's three massive misses. Danny Maguire coaching Hawkeye against Leeds. Yeah, big, big coaching against uh, the team. You'll know exactly what it is as well. Another player, and also, they're going to be on a win for him, aren't they? And so that will give him a boost. Have time to change it. I mean, if I'm allowed to change, I've got, based on that knowledge, I've, I've got to change. Yeah, um, <laughs> this could really come back to bite you, but I really hope it doesn't because I've gone for whole KR as well. <laughs> uh, now it's time for both those women's Super League South semi finals. Um, Cardiff travelled to Aldershot to play the Army, even though they're technically the home team. Apart from their loss, their really close loss against London, where they didn't have as many ringers as they did against Bedford, but we won't talk about that. Um, the Army will have their big guns out for this game. Um, the Cardiff, Cardiff will also have a lot of their Welsh internationals available, I believe, for this game. I don't see Cardiff. They've only conceded 32 points all year. 20 of those came against London. Like, so 12, 12 points over five games, four games. They've only conceded 12, 12 points over four games. That's, that's, that's crazy. Like, Bedford conceded, scored six of those. Like, I don't see, I don't see anything but a Cardiff win to that on, on Saturday, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we're going to get the same one for both games, actually. I think, um, like you said, Cardiff seem unstoppable. Um, so, so many players in that team that I know the name of, and I don't know many women's super league so, players, so um, I'll, always, I'll always back them. And for, and for the last game, I know which way they're going to go. I don't know if you do, but go on. I'll tell you first, uh, Toby's gone for Leeds for the game before, he's gone for Cardiff for the game against the Army, and he's also gone for Bedford for the semi-final. The way the girls trained tonight as of time of recording, they look really good, they, they, they look prepared, a lot of the girls know exactly how they're getting there, like we're, we're probably getting there a bit early, we're watching the game, we're relaxed, like everything's being organised. And I really, and I know, I know for a fact that Bedford can go to Wimbledon and they can beat London. I know they can, and I know, I say they, I know we can, 
Like, yeah. I want to be there. I'm going to be working on the day, and I know we and it's in front of the I League cameras. I really, really hope that we can go to the, London and beat London, and then go and play Cardiff. I know we've got to travel to Cardiff and play Cardiff again because Cardiff will win. But I pray to the Lord that Bedford can win at the weekend, and I'm going to go for Bedford because it's just it's just going to be such a close game. It really is, and like. If I was a, if there was betting available on it and I was allowed to bet on it, which I'm not because of my, my role in the IRFL, um, or my, my renewed role in the IRFL, I should say, back on the youth board. Um, if I was allowed to, I would I wouldn't put money on this game because it's just so it's too close to call. I wouldn't I would, just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't touch it because one I would never bet on never bet on or. Bet against or for a team that I support it just it's not something that I like to do but also I know what London can turn up with I also know what Bedford can turn up with we I know who's missing for us in terms of sort of who can't be there which is uh, Storm's not available because of a broken wrist and uh, Ray Taylor one of our halfbacks is not available but the halfbacks we had out training tonight look really good Nikki's not available but Zoe's been absolutely outstanding when she's filled in at nine the in terms of the forwards we've got available Oh, the R one forward pack is gonna it's gonna deal with deal with London's forward pack, I think. It's just when you, you're selling it, yeah, you're selling it. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to make you go for for London just because I want a point off you, but Oh I know I I was always picking Bedford in this one. It's coming it's, it's semi final time. I have got a, a long history now with this club. I've been a, a, a long lifelong support of Bedford. Uh, long before I even knew you. But no, seriously, I, I think I think I think you know you know best. You know we're, we're in the camp. You see how how the girls are training and um, the fact that you're making a, an afternoon of it makes me feel like the heads in the right place. The calm and ready for this. Yeah. Um, we want revenge. Like we've played London three times lost three times but every time we've played better and better and better and the, the only reason they beat us this season I think in my eyes was because we just didn't have the rotation that they had we didn't have players available but this squad we've got this weekend can go there and do a number on them and the prep that Sam and Phil and Dan the coaching team have put in this afternoon and the weeks leading up to it and the sessions leading up to this has been absolutely outstanding and I really hope that it pays off for them and Rob and everyone else involved off the field I really hope that the, the the plans that have been put in place and the preparation of this season and the last season, not obviously not winning a game at all last season, it will really kick, kick the girls forward and, and this is the chance for us to make a, our first major final in, in only our second season as a women's team. So I really hope that the girls can go over to Wimbledon and, and smash them. And if you can't, yeah. those that are listening and watching slash listening on YouTube, if you can't make it to London, watch the game on our league. It's free. It is free. Like the game before, you've got to pay four ninety five to watch London versus Workington. Feel free to pay for that. Watch that if you want to watch it. If you can't make it, but watch um, the London Broncos versus Bedford Tigers Women's Super League South semi final on Sunday. You won't be disappointed. It's going to be an hour and a half of pure like enter entertaining just rugby league. It's just going to be absolutely fantastic to watch. I'm definitely gonna set an alarm for it so I can tune in. Also, I commentated on the last time Bedford Tigers were on our league, so you might hear me. I don't know. You might, I'm not you might hear a slightly biased commentator. No, no, never, 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 never. I'm just really excited when we score. Never biased. 
Um, Can I say though, what what a like, great insight that you both is able to bring to you when we've got uh, someone like Brad who's who's gets to see the inner workings of the of the machine and report back to us on these tips for the, for the upcoming fixtures. Also, if you're around, great, the, I love also, it. If you're around the Bedford area on Saturday, get yourself down to Putney Woods and watch Bedford Tigers beat North Hearts and all but secure a playoff spot. Um, so yeah, that'll be really good. We've got we've got a couple of more weeks to go. We've still got plenty of rugby coming up for for the the community game. I know there was a lot of community cup finals and league finals that happened over the weekend. And West Hull won a national one of the national conference titles. So congratulations to them. Uh, Beverly, I believe, won a title as well. So congratulations to them. But there was some absolutely cracking community rugby league still going on, and it will go on up until I believe nearly the end of November once you get the the conference league fixtures out of the way. Um, but no, that's that's the end of this week's pod, Rob. That's gone really quick. So that's gone quick. I can't believe what time it is. <laughs> it's eleven forty-five on a Wednesday night. I have now. I'm a work Let's go and let me go and edit this so I've got it ready to go tomorrow. Because um, if it's out late, I do apologise. Um, we'll put out a post if it ends up being out late. If it has to come out on Friday morning, it has, it'll have to come out on Friday morning. But I'll do my very best. Hopefully, you're all listening to this at five thirty on Thursday afternoon. Um, but no, thank you very much for joining me, Robin. Um, I thank you. I believe we'll be back in two weeks' time, and I believe Toby will be back. I'm just going to check the Derby games because if he's not, I'm going to make sure he's around. Let's check Derby's fixtures, shall we? I don't know why we can't do it live from the games. You know, we've got homes these days. We can just download the app. What's the date in two weeks' time? The twenty third. Oh, he's not even a rat. Derby to versus TBC in the cup. Did they win the cup game? Yeah, it's against. Oh, for God's sake! TBC FC. They won. They won the bloody cup. They won in the cup. Who have they got next Tuesday? They've got West Brom or Sheffield United. Oh, there's no point. They're going to be at home, so he's not going to be there. So we'll record Wednesday in two weeks' time as well. Uh, but no, thank you very much for joining me once again. Sorry for those on YouTube that are just looking at our logo while you're listening to this. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks' time when we'll discuss the world of rugby league in two weeks' time and maybe. Maybe I might have the Super League Women's South trophy behind me next in, in two weeks' time. Who knows? Oh, we can dream. Who knows? I'll be dreaming and I'll be praying for it. And I'll try and try and make sure you guys can see it. Um, but no, thank you very much for having me, Robin. We've been The Biff, brought to you by Swinging Arms and Shoulder Charges. And we'll catch you in, in a fortnight. Thank you very much for having us.